What's up, everybody? This is your girl, Naime, with Digging In With Naime. It's an honor to be here. If it's your first time, welcome. If you've been here before, welcome back, family. I hope you're all doing well. Today is October 7th, meaning that today is early voting in Arizona. It is the very first day to vote early in Arizona, meaning that there are different election poll sites that you can go in and vote. Early voting in Arizona is from October 7th to October 30th. I don't know if you are not in Arizona. I am not sure what your early voting looks like or even if you have that. So make sure you are checking in with your registrar's registrar's office online, your website, and they will let you know. I encourage everyone and anyone to vote early if you can. If there is a day you have off and you're just like, yo, I'm not doing anything but watching Disney Plus and you know what I'm saying, like watching movies or whatever, like let me go real quick and vote. I would really encourage that. You just need to show your ID to vote in person. And also mail-in ballots have been sent out. So I will be receiving mine within the next few days and or next week. And I'm really excited to do that. So if you are doing mail-in ballots, make sure you sign your uh, ballot ASAP and send it out. I want to give you guys an update. There are a few states where it's actually illegal to take photos of you and your ballot. Arizona is one of those states that we don't have any clear directives of whether it is illegal or it is not. But I would really encourage you to not post photos of your ballots just so that we can confirm that there be no hiccups, right? We, we know that this whole year, but especially this election, has just been one big can we do that can we do this can he do that like it's all just a big question and so I would really encourage you to not even for a second put yourself in a in a situation where they may be able to say you can't vote so just keep that in mind oh another thing registration deadline has been extended so normally our registration deadline for an election is October 5th But this year, because of COVID and just the pandemic, it has been pushed and extended to October 23rd. So you can register online by October 23rd. You can register by mail, which you have to make sure your your registration is postmarked by October 23rd. Or you can do it in person by October 23rd. And then if you need an absentee ballot, make sure you get that. That deadline is also October 23rd. These are very important key deadlines that you don't want to miss, that you don't want to forget. Make sure you know them. I watched the debate with Mark Kelly and and, and Martha McSally, which was on Tuesday. And I, I just want to encourage you all to please do your information. Look into both of these candidates Make sure you do your research. (laughs) Make sure that you're looking up and that you're seeing who is who and what is what, what they agree on. Uh, There are a few points where both Mark Kelly and Martha McSally had some problems and, and just couldn't really answer the questions, I would say truthfully and upright, but just overall, just they didn't make sense some parts and some things were just... Make sure you're watching these debates. Make sure you are really educating yourself. 
my role and goal for these things is really for you to be inspired and motivated to go out and do more research and as well as bring you as much knowledge and information as I have. If you need help, there is a voter education guide in case this is your first time voting. If you are just turned 18 and or in that age range where it's your first time voting, welcome to adulthood. <laughs> I promise. Um, actually, no, I can't say that. It doesn't get better, but it does get more interesting as, as we get older, I would say. But they have screen reader versions. They have versions for the Navajo Nation. They have large print in case you need that. They have ASL videos for those, for each district, for those of you who made who may need a little more support. Our register office, our, our uh, county register and his team, Hadrian Frontes and his team, I, I really think they're doing a very good job at making sure that that this is accessible to everyone, that it will be easy for everyone who is eligible to vote. I think I think that, yeah, and, and it makes me happy to see it happen. One thing I wanted to talk about today is there's been a lot of different numbers out there about, you know, in 2016, there were 300,000 African Americans in Atlanta who could vote. And I want us to, to be mindful of that. So a lot of that has been going around. And I think what's important is that we understand that there's felony disenfranchisement, which is what I want to talk about today. I think that we should be mindful about how we go into this election, that we do not condemn people who are not voting. I want everyone to vote. I I, I want everyone who can vote to vote. But we live in a time where everyone who is eligible to vote will not vote, A. But then also those who are willing to vote are not eligible to vote. And so it's really important that we don't condemn people, that we don't tell people or make people feel less than because they can't vote. 6.1 million Americans cannot vote because of a felony conviction. 6.1 million Americans cannot vote. One thing which I talked about uh, because of the book I've read, right? The New Jim Crow, Mass Incarceration and the Age of Colorblindness. One thing she mentions is how many people actually cannot vote. And I want to read something. Uh, She says that one reason so many people have a false impression of the economic well-being of African Americans as a group is that poverty and unemployment statistics do not include people who are behind bars. People in prison are literally erased from the nation's economic picture, leading standard estimates to underestimate the true jobless rate by as much as 24 percentage points for less educated black men. So if this if this is what's happening, right, where, where the, the economy is not taking into consideration men who have been imprisoned uh, and, and who are imprisoned, I want us to remember that's the same thing for elections. So you have many, many, many different statistics saying in the state of Arizona, and this this is, please don't, don't quote me on this, this is just an example. So these numbers are not real. But in the state of Arizona, there is 8% of the population are African-American. And so they'll say 8% of the population is African-American. That equates to 
15,000 people. Out of 15,000 people, those who are adults who can vote are half of that, 7.5 thousands of people. So you have 7.5 thousands of people. But what they don't know or what they didn't put in that number are the people who actually cannot vote because of a felony. So you have out of 7.5 thousands of people who can who are eligible to vote because of their age, you actually have 2.4 thousand people who cannot vote because they are a felon. Uh, and, and when I when I'm saying a felon, please know that I I will I do not I may I have at one point, but with the knowledge I have now, I will not identify people as felons. What I'm saying is that is based off of how how our government works. I will not call someone a felon because I don't believe that we should identify people with their mistakes. I do not believe that we should identify people with their problems. I think we should identify people as people. So yes, he or she maybe have have committed a felony, but I don't want to call them a felon. I don't want that to be their identity. They're more than that. And so I believe in that. One of every 13 African Americans has lost their voting rights due to felony disenfranchisement laws versus one in every 56 non-black voters. And so it's really important that we understand who actually can vote and who cannot. For, for many years, there has been many different organizations who have gone into jails and prisons to, to find the people who can vote. So I, I want to make this clear. Just because you get arrested does not mean you lose your right to vote. If you commit a felony, depending on what state you're in, Okay, depending on what state you're in, you do lose the right to vote. But there are, <laughs> there are, it's important to understand though what that actually looks like. Okay, what does that actually look like? Each state is different. Like I said, Arizona is a state where you can have your civil rights restored, but you know, it takes a little more effort to to have your eligibility to vote restored in Arizona. There are restrictions when you're in prison. There's restrictions when you're on parole. There's also restrictions while you're on probation. And then there's also restrictions post-sentencing. So once you are done with prison, you're done with parole, you're done with probation, and you are quote-unquote a free man or a woman there's still some restrictions you don't just automatically get your rights restored and that's another important thing to, to notice is that you do not automatically get your rights restored if you want to vote again you have to go and do work to make sure that that happens the state are not just going to say oh Naime finished serving time she finished her probation she finished her parole let's go ahead and she has the right to vote now no it doesn't work like that unfortunately there's more effort i have to do there are two states out of 50 states y'all two states that allows no restrictions there's no voting restrictions after you have uh, committed a felony and that is maine and vermont which what's also really important to understand is for a very, very long time, and still to this day, people were receiving and getting prison time for felonies committed that were nonviolent. So a lot of them were drug possession, which marijuana, cocaine, crack, heroin, uh, some other things as in like 
robbing a store or robbing someone again nonviolent but they 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 were committed as felons and so i think it's also important to recognize that to recognize that that people have and and are sitting in prison to this day still for being charged of a felon for possession of marijuana so not selling not nothing no but possession and it could have been like a small little gram it's nothing large nothing crazy but enough for them to get arrested and i want you to think of that marijuana has become such a casual thing especially now you can get a marijuana you know health card and you can go pick it up and so these there's people who are still in prison to this day even though marijuana is legal uh not federally but in in many states but People can have a whole car. People have businesses and there's still people imprisoned. So I think that's something important to say. But I don't want to get too far off away from what I'm trying to say. The point of what I am trying to say, though, is that we have to be... And, and, I, and I think I know, I know that there's this thing going around of like people are just too sensitive nowadays. But no, I think it's really important and how we speak to people and how we speak about things. And the reason I think it's so important is because people really place their identity on such things. People question their identities on such things. So again, the idea of, of how I was saying I don't like calling people felons. If I was consistently calling someone a felon, which again, once they're in the system and once they're deemed in prison and, and have a felony charge, they're considered felons by other people. Like, What does that do to someone's? self-esteem what does that do to someone's value what does that do to someone's identity and I just I, I don't want to play a part in that I, I refuse to play a part in that and bringing someone down in such a way but I think we have to be important it's important that we're mindful of how we speak to people about voting and that we don't overestimate or underestimate our power in voting it's important that we understand, that we understand this. So keep that in mind. If you want to look up the actual numbers for your specific state, I'd say do it, especially because these are numbers that politicians are throwing out. They're really throwing out numbers and saying, this many people can vote in this state, but only this many people showed up. And it's like, and eh, well, are you taking into account all the nuances that actually plays? So I think that is important that we understand and that we also understand, and I know this was had to do with the voter suppression episode, which is two weeks ago, which if you haven't listened to that one, make sure you listen to it, but that's also voter suppression. It's also a way to suppress votes. So it's something we should keep in mind. But there are organizations who are going into prisons and jails and making sure that people who are eligible to vote are getting the right to vote in there, which is not you know an easy thing. The state of Arizona, currently does not do anything. I remember in 2017, 2018, in 2018, I was working for Arizona Coalition for Change and they were trying to implement something with a few different people and different organizations, but I don't think it, it, it never actually went through any, with anything, but God willing and hopefully that this election, something looks different and something is happening. So let's just keep in mind and how we speak to other people in voting and what that looks like. What's also important, and I encourage you all to do, is have conversations with your family. One thing I've noticed is, and, and again, I'm, I consider myself an independent, but Republicans are going to revote Republic, Republican. Like, 
they like Republicans are so, <laughs> uh, what's the word? They commit. They are so loyal to their to their party, and it's us. It's the, the liberals and or somewhat liberals, moderate liberals, the Democrats, whatever you want to call yourself. That we seem to always like play on the line, which is okay, right? I think I think that that's okay. I think you can cross parties. I don't think you have to always strictly vote one way. That's fine. It's important to be mindful of who who is who is on the ticket. And then what's also really important is that we think to the future. Please think to the future. One thing I noticed is that we vote as individuals instead of communal. Right? So so an example is that like I won't vote thinking of as a woman thinking of like well I'm going to need better health care because one day I'm going to have children, right? Like I don't vote like that. I vote thinking right now, right here. That's how many of us vote. We vote thinking right now, right here, how can they serve me versus like what that's going to look like in the future. And so it's really important that we understand that. And some things I know that are, are really in conversation of, of in voting some, some priorities right now is, you know, healthcare because of COVID-19, the pandemic and, and, and the economy, but then also our relationships with the environment and our relationships with other countries because they have been a little wrecked. But I think what's so important is that we begin to really vote as a community, that we keep each other in mind. And then we ask ourselves, are any of these propositions harmful to anyone around me? They may, be, they may benefit me, but if they're harmful for someone else, do I actually want to vote for that? Do I want to harm my neighbor and or my best friend and or the people around me? Like, is that something I want to do? Even the stranger up the street, do I want to harm them? And I think that if we begin to vote with each other in mind, you guys, we can, we can really make some change happen. We can truly hold our elected officials accountable. And we can really change the way this country is going and headed. So I'm going to leave, leave you with this. To remember that not all the numbers are true. Numbers don't lie, sure, but they can be construed and they can be misrepresented. So don't ever forget that. And secondly, let's be more community-minded, community-focused. Let's serve one another in our act, in our way we think, and the way we vote. Peace, y'all.